everybody, and welcome to Healthy Discourse. It's Emily here, and I'm excited to welcome a new guest today, Mr. Alvin Robinson. He is running for the, um, he is running for, is it, Alvin, I'm sorry, is it District 26? Yes, North Carolina State Senate, <laughs> District 26. North yes, I, I thought I was right, but I didn't want to say it wrong. He's running yeah. for North Carolina District 26 Senate seat, which would be challenging the um, seated Senate chair, Senator Phil Berger. And we'll talk about that briefly. But Alvin has a really amazing background experience that has led him to deciding to put himself out there and challenge Senator Berger as a write-in candidate and clearly has a lot of courage and has an interesting story. And we're going to focus mostly on his story today because at Healthy Discourse, we always want to encourage people to get involved in the, in the, um, in the arenas that you feel called to and that are opening doors for you or that God is pushing you toward. And I think that you're doing just that, Alvin. And so I'm excited to allow you to share your story today. So thank you so much for being here on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Emily. I would like to start um, with just a little bit about your background, because I think you've got a really amazing story that kind of led up to launching you into this adventure well, I'm calling it adventure. Maybe you have a different word for it. <laughs> but you um you were you worked in public service. You lived in Greensboro your most of your life, if I'm correct. That's and correct. I would love for you to tell that story about the years that you spent in public service and then what happened that um ended that career. Sure. Well, um, as you know, I um I I worked for the Greensboro Fire Department uh, specifically for uh, nearly 19 years. Um, prior to December of last year, um, I had been there uh, again almost 19 years, and um, I was a firefighter, of course. Moved up the ranks, uh, worked some in the uh, inspections office, and uh, was promoted to captain. Eventually, I transferred back to suppression emergency services. That's the guys and girls who answer the fire calls and things like that. And I, I, I came back to that division um, the latter four, almost four years of my time there. And it was during um, that time that um, I, or rather after December, that I ended up uh, losing employment there due to um, my stance uh, and convictions with regards to the COVID-19 uh, testing policy that they instituted. Um, and so, but again, before I get into all that, again, I had I had worked there during that 19, almost 19 year period. Also uh, the latter eight of those 19 years, I was a part-time deputy with Guilford County Sheriff's Office. So yeah, a lot of uh, uh, public safety background um, is, is, is what I've been involved in and um, both agencies issued similar or instituted similar uh, COVID testing policies that basically said uh, to take the jab, uh, be tested every week or lose your job, and that there would be no uh, religious uh, accommodations or medical uh, exemptions for for those uh for, for, for it because it wasn't a bona fide, in their words, bona fide um, or their thinking bona fide vaccine mandate 
And so uh, nonetheless, I still had religious convictions, even about the testing. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, as a Christian, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, um, you know, with all the concerns at the time, with even the swabbing the, uh, of the nose and things of that nature, even still there's conviction, even beyond that, there's, there's conviction. Um, uh, and con we all have conscience. God has given us a conscience and a violation of conscience is, is, uh, was at play there. If I were to move forward with really any type of testing, um, because, uh, you know, I, I don't have to have any type of unwanted injection, extraction from my body, anything like that. And so long story short, I made um, appeals. I invoked my religious exemption at the, at the end of the day. Both agencies did fire me, uh, the fire department on December 1st and uh, the sheriff's office on uh, December 13th of last year. Well, I'm so sorry to hear that. And if I'm correct, you were out when there was already short staffing, patrolling, going out on calls in the public prior to mask and vaccine mandates during the pandemic, correct? That is exactly correct. Um, probably a year, maybe a little over a year that uh, all of us that worked, worked, uh, you know, worked those in, in the force uh, had endured that for probably over a year answering those calls and, and going, going into those situations where, you know, it was said that someone was infected and all that. And, and this was without masks. This was without, um, uh, having to test every week or, you know, and, and things. And so, um, a lot of us had, you know, gotten sick at, at some point, whether it was, you know, just, from from our exposure at work or exposure elsewhere, and so we had that um, you know that uh, natural immunity, and mm -hmm. so um, you know it didn't make sense that by the time they instituted this policy uh, that you could actually be fired, you know, without any real time to really think about this, and 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 again, neither agency really um, you know provided opportunity to really accommodate people, uh, you know, regarding the, the testing. Yeah. It's very fascinating to me how it seems like with these mandates um, it, that our public service um, heroes, as well as those that were, you know, we were calling all of our uh, frontline workers of all kinds, the heroes during the early part of the pandemic, and then arguably... <laughs> the medical workers and public servants were the ones that were, that, that these mandates came down hardest on mm -hmm. once that all became a thing. So it's like, you're a hero one year and the next year you're fired. And that's yeah. just very interesting that that seems to be the trend. Um, tell us a little bit about your upbringing, background, your family, and then we'll talk a little bit about how you decided to throw your hat into this race. Sure, sure. So uh, my upbringing, uh, um, I, I came from a household with, uh, four other, I had four siblings and, um, we were in a single parent household. My mom, uh, took good, took good care of us. Um, you know, thank the Lord, uh, over the years, uh, relationships have been restored with my dad and all that. So nothing, nothing bad there, but of course coming up in that situation, um, we had little and we, um, my mom always, uh, taught us to look to, to look to the Lord and things. And, um, as I got older, I, uh, thank God by his grace, I came to do that in sincerity. Uh, and what I mean by that is, um, I, I learned around, I was probably around 20 years old or so when I began to understand that 
Uh, salvation uh, is through faith in Christ and that alone. All before I was living according to dotting I's and crossing T's, uh, my own works, so to speak, mm -hmm. and thinking that that was pleasing God. And around 20 years old, um, as when through through the teaching of a of a man who's passed away now, Dr. Lewis Bender, um, I came to understand that salvation is through faith in Christ and Him alone. That when Christ died on the cross, He was dying in Alvin's place, and that um, unless I believed that and understood that, that um you know, there, there was no hope of salvation. So coming to understand that and believing that, um, you know, accepted Christ truly. And, uh, he's been working my life since then. And like I said, um, uh, went into the fire service, uh, met my wife, uh, we've been married 17 years this past, uh, well, last week, uh, October 1st. Oh. And, uh, yeah. We've been married yeah. 17 years too. So that's interesting. Oh, wow. We have that in common. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have four children, um, and um, we do a little homesteading. <laughs> so we raise uh, 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 poultry for uh, like eggs as well as um, you know meat. We also raise hogs. Um, we get into goats a little bit. Uh, of course, vegetable garden. So we uh, we like to to eat. We like to eat, <laughs> and we've learned to eat healthy. You know. Yeah, so. that's amazing. I didn't know that about you. That's really great. Yeah. And so um, I want to make sure I'm answering your question, Emily. But yeah, so that's a little bit of a, you know, background outside of working. And um, again, we do you we, guys uh, homeschool your children or do they go to we a do. Okay. we do we, we homeschool? Yes, we homeschool. We've been doing that for, I think, 14 years. Our oldest, she's actually graduated and is in college. And so, um, yes, we uh, we we homeschool. Don't see it any other way. Um, yeah. That's great. That's great. We uh, advocate all kinds of alternative schooling here at Healthy Discourse. Our kids are in a very small Christian private school, mm -hmm. and um, we love it there. But I always say, if anything ever happens, I'm ready to yeah. bring them home. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> so anyway, okay. So let's talk about your decision. Um, kind of how you know you were you worked in public service for many years, but you've not been heavily involved in politics from my understanding. So how did you arrive at the decision to throw your hat in this race and not just put, stick your hat in the race, but also as a write-in candidate? Okay. Yeah. So um, back in uh, a while back, probably back in 2008, um, when I was looking at some things that were going on in politics, uh, namely the presidential election at that time, um, I began to see that people were voting for, uh, it was, President Obama, um, merely because of the color of his skin and not um, uh, considering his policies. Uh, at that time, he was he was big on um, the abortion agenda. And so, um, you know, to see that people were, were voting for him, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a black man, I, I would have loved to be able to you know, take pride in, hey, we're electing a the first black president or the first president of color. But um, again, my faith in Christ is is what has to be the uh, thing that directs me in every decision and choice that I that I make. And I just could not vote for him um, with with, uh, you know, his policies. And so um, I begin to say, hey, maybe one day when I when I retire the, from the fire department, I'll run for public office and, you know, promote the, 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 the things of, of scripture and truth and righteousness. And so I was looking um, even back in in December, I was looking 
you know, to maybe 10 at that point, maybe 10 years later to get in, involved in that way. Um, but, it, you know, what happened to me in December, you know, was revealing of where the government is even the more and that the government thinks that the government is God um, right now. And when they dangled my job out in front of me as a carrot, basically saying bow down to me or else. Um, again, it was very revealing. As my wife puts it, tyranny came to our door and it, 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 it let us see even the more that um, the ideas of socialism and, co and communism are already very much here. And um, in certain ways, uh, the, the, the full expression of it is here. And so um, uh, I began to seriously look at, OK, well, maybe now is the time to go ahead and get involved in actual running. And so I actually uh, ran for county commissioner here in Guilford County back uh uh in may i had filed for that after I, after i was fired um by the time february came around i filed uh with the county commissioner seat and i did run um i got 80 percent. i'm sorry 30 percent. 30 percent of the um of the conservative vote which was about for the people that voted it was about eight thousand and some odd votes and so um didn't win did not win um but uh through the lord's working my wife and I, we begin to think and pray what to do next. And um, through another uh, group of uh, organizers, they were thinking the same thing, that uh, they had endorsed the county commissioner campaign. And uh, when we lost, they were thinking, hmm, well, maybe we should um, see if Alvin is interested in running for uh, the state's a state Senate seat. And so um, they, did, they did not know at the same time that my wife and I were considering it. And about two days later, after the county commissioner race uh, was lost, we all got on the phone with one another, just checking on each other, things like that. And it came up that they were thinking, uh, you know, that maybe I should consider running for state Senate District 26. And so were we thinking that? And so we prayed again and, and talked about it and um, decided to move forward with it. And the reason is, um, you know, we begin to realize that even some of the things that happened to me, some of the tyrannical things that we're seeing happen um, are the result of people, unfortunately, uh, said to be conservative people within the state legislature here in North Carolina who have failed to uphold uh, true conservative values and certainly uh, uh, to produce legislation that would help us to maintain our freedoms as, as citizens. Um, and so uh, learning and understanding that, that that's happening even within the conservative party, um, my opponent is a, is a, is a fellow Republican, um, Phil Berger. And I, um, you know, I had always thought, no, I wouldn't run against Phil Berger, but beginning to understand and learn some of the things he's doing and not doing, I, um, you know, I said, hey, you know, we can't have that. You know, we need to stand for what is right at all times and not be uh, controlled by uh, people with special interests and all that kind of stuff. You know, we need to uh, stand up for truth and righteousness again. And so um, I don't, claim to be perfect in any manner, but um, I, I trust that the Lord, uh, even now, and if I win the seat, uh, he will guide and direct me to do just that, to stand for truth and righteousness. And so um, I had to become a write-in candidate because I, I, I was not, I had not filed for this particular race um, prior to the cutoff date, which I think was early March. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and so, um, and I, again, I ran for County Commissioner. So at that time, not knowing that I would run for state Senate by the time, 
I decided that I would, the only way in which I could be involved and run is to, is as a write-in. And so that, 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 uh, required that I obtain, I think it was 250 signatures from people living in District 26, and we obtained 450 signatures, uh, 380 some of which were certified by the state. And so uh, that's, uh, that's how that worked out. And, and, and here we are, you know, about a month away from actually, um, you know, have an opportunity to, to win. Wow. I'm so impressed by your courage and commitment to doing something, which is what we talk about here all the time is, you know, we're not all going to have all the answers all the time. And we're not all called to run for office like you are, but there's something that we're all called to do. And, you know, what is that? And it's, if we just sit in our homes and complain or, or fearful are fearful and, um, you know, disgruntled with the way that things are going, but we're not willing to actively live out the faith that you're describing to me, then just because something's important to us doesn't mean that we're making an impact. And yeah. if we all yeah. can engage and respectfully um, do the things that we're called to do and as individuals and collectively, then we can make such a huge impact. And that's what we always want to mm. encourage people to do. So um, Alvin, tell us in, in our last few minutes together, just a little bit about what your platform is and what specifically you would like to see happen in the state of North Carolina, should you be elected? Sure. So um, my platform is truth and righteousness, advancing truth and righteousness um, in the public square. And I believe that that truth and in order to advance it in the public square, uh, in government, so to speak, uh, it must the, the the living out of truth and righteousness uh, must start with we the people. Um, it starts in our homes. Uh, it's it, 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 our homes are the play is the place where, um, you know, we begin to teach our children concerning the things of God and what is righteous and uh, the way in which we are to interact and live with one another as, as in society. And, um, you know, it, it starts there. We must do that first. And after having done that, we as men, um, we are called upon to be the leaders in our homes, uh, in the community, and also in government. And so um, we, if, if we are doing those things at home, then it, so to speak, qualifies us to do the same in the community and then go into government. And, and a lot of times we look at we've looked at it the other way around as though the government is going to fix this and then it, it, it trickles back to our homes. But in actuality, it starts with us. So, again, truth and righteousness is what I look to advance in, uh, to advance in government. Um, so it is that when you look at all the issues, you can fill in the blank, whether it's abortion, whether it's marriage, whether it's, um, you know, election integrity, whatever. Um, it is education, economic development. It, it, the, the foundation of, of things is God's word. All of those, the answers to all of those questions or the questions that surround those issues is found in the truth of scripture. And um, I look to take that into my service as, uh, as a state senator, um, you know, come, come January of next year after the election. So, uh, but yeah, truth and righteousness is where I stand. And, and um, I can only do that in uh, moving forth in the power of, of God. That's so encouraging to me, like you said, because that's what your driving force is, even though, um, you know, the numbers might be against you and that kind of thing, your conviction is strong enough, then this is important enough to you that you are willing to do it anyway. And I think that's really a, a powerful testament to your faith. So Alvin, I appreciate your time so much today. I wish you 
um, success as you continue getting your name out there. And I just thank you for uh, being willing to share your story of courage. And I know that it will inspire our, our audience as well. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, I appreciate you. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Take care. Yes, ma'am. Bye-bye.